Hi, I'm David Kyes, and I run R for the Rest of Us. You may think of R as a tool for complex statistical analysis, but it's much more than that. From data visualization to efficient reporting to improving your workflow, R can do it all. On this podcast, I talk with people about how they use R in unique and creative ways. Join me and learn how R can help you. I'm joined today by Clara Giborg, who is a multilingual data journalist working at a Swedish public radio, but who used to work at the BBC News, and by Nasa Stilianu, a senior journalist at BBC News who specializes in data-driven journalism there. Welcome to both of you, and thanks for being with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I'm excited to talk to you. I came across your work specifically because you released a package called BBplot, which makes it possible, which uses a custom theme within ggplot um, to make plots take on the BBC style. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. But before we do that, I'd like to know just a bit about your background, specifically as it relates to R. So maybe Clara, if you don't mind starting, when did you start using R and what changed for you when you made that switch to R? Sure. I probably started using R exactly around the same time that I started working at the BBC. So previously, I've been aware of it for a couple of years. I've been meaning to teach myself I'd been trying to teach myself and I'd been doing a couple of tutorials online and that kind of typical thing where you do a tutorial and you follow it perfectly and you think, oh, great, I'm great at this now, I can do anything. And then you try to do even the simplest thing on your own and you can't get it and you just give up. But once I started at the BBC, I actually committed to it more fully and basically, so that would be start of 2018. So yeah, I started then and basically never looked back. And I think that, I think that what helped me get started with it then was that there was just a really supportive environment at the BBC for learning internally. There was, I had really helpful colleagues and there was a lot of, you really felt like you could take the time to ask questions and learn, learn new things. And just out of curiosity, what tool or tools were you using primarily before you made that switch? So I was working, I was working previously in in Excel, basically spreadsheets. And in terms of visualizations, I, I would have been using chart tools. Great. What about for you, Nasus? When did you take up R and how did that change the work that you were doing? Yeah, I think I probably started in a similar way to class using kind of Excel spreadsheets and for mapping sort of tools like QGIS to visualize things. And then at the BBC, as we started doing more as the team joined up with kind of data scientists and programmers, the data journalists, the the more sort of editorial journalist side of it, we started seeing... uh, a bit wider world out there, really, that was using R, using Python, using these things and working really closely with a, a developer who was at the BBC at the time, whose background was backend development. And he was using R for a lot of the data projects we would do. So it would be any task that was too onerous for Excel would go to him. <laughs> and he, as you can imagine, he was very popular within the team. And sitting next to him and getting a feel for the work he would do, I slowly started learning R. Yeah, of him and Stack Overflow, really, I would say. And, uh, I think it was a slow, a, a really, it's a weird process. It was really quick at first. It was, oh, this is amazing. And then probably a few months of feeling I have literally made no progress. I'm doing the same things over and over again until you discover functions and you discover a few other things. And then, like, you look back and say, God, I, I can't imagine doing this like manually that I used to do. And then you realize, yeah, I have rest really rapidly, but I think it started off from my side, very much analysis. I want to do more involved and more and heavier and 
work with bigger data sets, use it for programming and analysis purposes. And the visualization came after that. Interesting. So when, what was it that led you to realize, oh, we should use this not just for analysis, but also for the visualization pieces? Um, workflow issues, I guess. It, it just, we'd come to a stage where this might be the disadvantage in a way of a larger team in that there are, like, there are, there, at the BBC, we had designers who would work on graphics and we would get a certain distance in R and work it like analyzing data and then exploring it using ggplot and using the sort of custom themes. And then we would sort of work with a, a designer or someone who was a bit more specialist on the design side of things and export something for them. And then they would make it sing really and, and, and work on it. And, but that is just a very time consuming workflow. If you think how many kind of basic charts or how many visualizations you want to like the BBC does, especially another thing to bear in mind with the BBC is there's 40 odd world service languages as well, who also kind of reversion things. So you wouldn't really want thinking back. It was workflow issues that were like, there has to be a better way rather than us working in our, doing the analysis, doing the visualizations as exploratory data visualizations, exporting as a PDF, then getting it to someone in Illustrator who would then spend time cleaning that up. So it was that final bit of the workflow though. We thought, could this be done in R altogether? And it was more of an exploration. And I guess that's around, around the time sort of car came in and we started properly looking into how far can we go with getting templates, making all this stuff that we're doing production ready just in R. Yeah. How many kind of folks were there on your team who were at that point, it sounds like you were both like getting into R at the same time. How many other folks were there who were doing that as well? I'm trying to think back, probably five, around five of us, I would say, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds about right. I would say that most of the data team was already using R for analysis. Yeah. So it's a question of a few of us being a handful of us, yeah, probably that were curious about trying to trying to solve these problems that, that Nafis was talking about of trying to figure out a way of getting overcoming these like individual little obstacles that we had in order to, to get like production ready graphics from start to finish in our <clears throat> Yeah, that makes sense. I, I guess I'm just curious because I don't as an outsider, I hear BBC and I think thousands of people, but obviously <laughs> it's gonna be a small team who's doing that that one particular piece. Yeah. I think there was a couple of people who knew R really well, but again, from the data science side, from the backend side, nobody came into the team at that time being a specialist in ggplot that then moved us on. It was, we were all learning together and researching together and adding components together and like, how far can we go with this? It was a collaboration where we were all at a similar level really, but then each person might've found an answer to Here's how we make the footer left aligned and really kind of very specific things like the, it's crazy how important they were at the time. Yeah. But yeah. But it was like, if you're going to generate like hundreds of graphics, you want the footer to always be the same proportion and you want the BBC logo, the blocks to always be in exactly the same place. It's yeah. I remember long discussions about the exact, should the font be, should it be nine or 10 yeah. <laughs> spaces above? Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. But I think that it was a really, like, it was a really big benefit for us that it was just an, an exploration where we were, like you say, now, since then we were learning together and trying to 
trying things out. I think that kind of collaborative and experimental approach really was why I think that kind of brought our, like, our, the group's level, like, the, our, our knowledge forward faster than it would have done otherwise, mm. I think, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, definitely. How did you, you've talked about how you were all like exploring R at the beginning. How did you get from that point to the point where you realized, hey, we could actually take what we've learned and make a custom theme and create this package? Do you remember, was there a light bulb moment or how did that come about? <laughs> I don't think that there was a, correct me if you disagree, Nassos, but I would say that it was such a, it was just like constantly evolving thing. Like you started out at the point where where we would just start firstly just playing around with ggplot, trying out how can we get the right font for it to look like a BBC chart. And then the next obstacle, which was how can we get the BBC logo to all of our charts? How can we export them with a little horizontal line that needs to go across uh, the footer of all the charts, things like that. And then once we could develop like functions that work for this, trying to work out how do you actually create a package that we can, that was like the next step. Which I don't think that any of it was, oh, this is like this one big light bulb moment where we brought it forward. It was just constantly making little fixes and taking the next step. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I guess an important thing to bear in mind is that the starting point was not, how can we make a BBC chart package? The starting yeah. point was, yeah, I think the starting point was literally, can we do make a production-ready graphic that does not need to go it does not need any modifications that can go straight from R onto the BBC website. That was the starting point. And then I think, I, I, yeah, I would agree. Sorry, it wasn't a light bulb moment, but the more of those we ended up doing and publishing on the site, the more we're like, hey, what about packaging this up and sharing it even more widely outside of the five of us? And I guess even before the step where it's a package that you can download and use yourself. There was a stage where the kind of big ambition, the thought was like, how can we actually get other people in the BBC using it? And then that aren't super experts in R or don't use it day to day and might know a little bit. So that, that was the other internal thing going on is how can we get other people outside of the team to use it? That makes sense. And so you talked a bit just now about how creating this custom theme and putting it in a package allowed you to create graphics directly from R and put them straight onto the BBC website. You touched on this a bit earlier, but I'm wondering if you can talk in a bit more depth about what that process was like prior to working, prior to having the custom theme. You talked about how you worked with a design team to finish the graphs. So can you walk me through step-by-step step so we can get the contrast of what it looked like prior to having this theme? Sure. Before we had this, before we had this theme, and before we were working with the GTPlot for visualization, we basically had two options for graphics. We could either use the there was there or there is I presume there is in-house chart tool which you could use for quick turnaround things. Basically, just very easy to use, very rigid, and it doesn't really offer any flexibility in terms of what you could. But you get your you input your data and you get a line chart that looks. Just so basically the other option was to, would be to, to order, a, to work together with the designers on something, which obviously means uh, something that takes longer time. So it would only really get used for longer term things. Yeah. And so that in that case, you would make something in Excel, I'm assuming, and then have to do a bunch of back and forth with the designer. Is that how it would typically work or was it a different process? Yeah. Something basically either. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, it uh, was either. Yeah, I guess it was either export a PDF from our here's how we want it to look, or an SVG with kind of the standard GG plot stuff. Either something in Excel, either something in the chart tool, saying here's the base of it. Can we add stuff onto that? Can we add a line for a forecast? Make the sort of side of it, uh, half of it, gray. Can we do this thing which? wasn't in the standard chart tool, was a little harder. Can we add an annotation? Can we add an arrow pointing to... So anything that was additional, which it sounds, you've got a chart tool, you've got ways to do it. But I think a lot of these little additions, like an annotation, are fundamental to storytelling, really. So whilst they feel like, you know, extras, for us, we really wanted to get there from the to have a way to get there. And I think what's also important in terms of kind of thinking of the wider BBC and the sort of design team is that it wasn't really a fun job for a designer to get a brief that was, can you recreate this or can you add something like this? As opposed to them really putting their creative skills to infographics, to to design pages, to do much more creative stuff than slightly monotonous reversioning a graphic that's almost there, but not quite from a data journalist. So. It helps benefit both sides. It freed up and it has freed up designers to do much more creative and much more illustrative stuff as opposed to recreating charts all day, I guess. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've never thought about that as a benefit in an organization like yours. And I don't know if for me being able to create everything in ggplot actually makes me more creative, I feel like, because I can, as opposed to having to sit down and think, okay, I want this here, let's try this here. But then you get it back from the designer. I imagine there were times and you're like, oh, that isn't quite what I wanted. But then you feel bad if you keep asking them to redo it. Whereas if you can do it all in ggplot, you can explore, okay, let me try making the gray slightly lighter or whatever the thing is. It, it probably allows you to do more creative things on your end because you yeah. don't have to constantly go back and forth. Yeah, it, yeah, it was exactly that. Yeah. I can't imagine that designers were. No, I'm sure that designers are much happier since as opposed to us standing over their shoulder moving things around <laughs> live. Whereas, right. yeah, that is 80% of making a chart in GE plot, moving Definitely. things around until you get it right. Yeah, I was thinking about this because I, I definitely found it like immediately addictive when I started working with GTPlot to make charts. Like even before we got anywhere near having a production ready chart, just trying things out, visualizing things for the first time. And I was trying to work out why that was. And I think it is that, that you were saying that you can make like the simplest chart with just like a couple of lines of code and you've got something that's just there. And then you realize that like the possibilities to tweak this are limitless. Like I can do anything now. <laughs> And you can go as in-depth as you want, just moving moving the tiniest things around and just completely flexible in a way that was just completely new to me, coming from having worked with chart tools basically previously to to visualize Mm -hmm. things. It makes a lot of sense. One last question before we dig into the code. Nasus, you talked about how obviously the BBC has the BBC World Service and they're produced in different languages. Do you do anything now where are charts produced in different languages? at all? In other words, for example, can you like make a chart in R in English and then iterate to make versions in different languages? Is that a thing at all? Yeah. Yeah. Charts in Russian, charts in a few other languages. We also had a kind of, yeah, a hurricane map making kind of script. Wasn't, didn't quite make it to package that we could also do into different languages. So it would take the data based on kind of which side of the world the hurricane was from. And yeah, it needed a lot of 
dedication from World Service language colleagues whose sure. lives was made significantly easier by, again, it's that reversioning process that we're talking about, but on their end to get a graphic done from English into 30 languages. What? So we did two things to make that happen. One, it was a lot of experimentation with kind of Unicode and character sets and all that in our, that a lot of the light light went over my head, but was perfectly understood by people who have these issues with character sets every day. So a lot of world service language colleagues that were interested in data and graphics took a lot of that on. And then the second bit was trying to, for example, the Russian service or kind of other colleagues in the Americas hub, which is in visualizations for BBC Mundo and BBC, which the Spanish version and Brazilian as well. So also kind of part of the tools and the tutorials and everything that we developed, we also used it as an opportunity to, that they joined. We put together a sort of course that was how they could get to a stage in R where they can make graphics. So it worked also. Yeah, part of the work that we've done was also to try and skill people up in R as well as that next step into using it for graphics, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I know you also made a sort of cookbook to help people learn about how to make different types of visualizations. I'm wondering if you can talk briefly about how that worked. I think the cookbook was kind of as important, I think, for us in terms of here's a repository of all this information and people could add their new chart styles to, people could add tips and tricks to it. It has been over the years added to again internally as well in the, and new joiners straight away have something. And we've had a few new people joining over the years. It's okay. So I think someone recently, it's very much a Python person, but because of the cookbook and because of the package could really quickly come into, despite kind of being mainly Python literate, they could within week two of being at the BBC, given that they knew how to code and everything was there they could produce graphics in R and it just having the cookbook there to talk through how this all works and why, and what bit of code does what, rather than having to sit and explain it with someone really helped, I think. Yeah, yeah I think that's totally know... right. And I think that it, it was a really useful full way of sharing information internally to feel like everybody was adding in their own. The idea was that it, and it did actually grow organically. The more people that kind of started using R and started adding their own little kind of tips and tricks that they discovered along the way, like everybody was contributing to it. Yeah. Cause I know you've written that having both the theme as well as the cookbook really spurred additional interest in R. And I think those are giving people that ownership and letting people contribute. It seems like it would really help with that as well as, of course, like you said, giving people something to start with and and some examples that they can use when they're getting started. Last question is if you have any advice for people, say someone is at an organization and they're thinking, oh, I should make a custom theme for my organization. Any advice on how to do that, both both from a code perspective, as well as from a organizational perspective? I guess the thing that I would have to say based on our experiences is to see the value of and not be afraid to experiment and just not to be afraid to to just sort of try things out. And that it's okay if you don't have a huge plan from day one with everything set in stone and thinking, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do all these things. I'm gonna make this package. You can just start by just being curious, just having this one little problem that you have to solve 
and go going, okay, I figured that out. What would be the next step to improve? And then they, maybe you go on from there, you solve the nice problem. One day you realize that you have a custom theme set. Doesn't, it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Yeah. I guess it's, I guess the first question would be to anyone thinking about it is, do you have a need for it rather than start? And we, yeah, exactly as Clara said. So we didn't start with let's make a package. It just built onto that. So it's kind of break things down into here's what I want to do and here's what would benefit my organization and do that rather than start off with the solution is I want to write a package or I want to do a theme or yeah, it's what do you actually want to do? want to produce what sort of, what do you want your output to be? Cause your output isn't, unless you're in software development, your output isn't, I want to do a package. So right. what is your output? And then find the building blocks that would provide a solution to that really. And yeah, I guess from my experience is keep it super simple. I think what we ended up doing was having lots of people in a weird way, this helped other parts of our skill set development as well in that it was probably the first time we were new as a sort of team what 2018 sort of thing using github and in a way that everyone was pushing to the same github repo and doing changes and commenting and it really helped having loads of people working on one thing collaboratively to kind of really it wasn't it was never a task for one person go out and build a package. And then by little things that everyone added, we also worked better collaboratively, worked better in terms of documentation, worked better. We learned GitHub pull requests and all that stuff a little better. So it, it benefited a lot of things in parallel. Yeah. 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 That makes a ton of sense. Great. Is there anything I didn't ask you about the theme or the process or anything like that you think would be useful? Yeah. So a lot of the coronavirus lookup pages that have, that, that we've been running, run off R and produce graphics. I could send you a link to them, but it's yeah. this whole process of plugging in data, getting it, getting the data and using the package to produce graphics has lived on to a massive degree even since then and continues like, it's just, it's not something that we developed, we released and we let go. It's we've used it. I don't think there's been a day where someone at the BBC hasn't used the package to produce wow. a graphic. I don't think, and definitely over the last sort of two years where we've been running coronavirus graphics every day, really. And it was only due. Yeah. We can only do it in this way because of how kind of one step of it, which is building something as a custom made BDC theme using R is no longer something we think about. It's something that just happens because it's all there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that, I don't think it's too big a statement to say that there's not been a day gone that <laughs> someone hasn't produced. Yeah. I think that is probably true over the last two or three years, definitely. So it, it has become a fundamental part of the BBC data journalism team's output. Yeah. And the other thing is how many other people outside of the strictly data journalism team have taken to use it as well. Huh. I think that's a really, yeah, if I guess if we'd be proud as a team of anything, it's that uh, from my point of view is how it has basically, if you tell someone 
like, would you like to learn R? Everyone would say yes. But then how many people get lost along the journey because there is no, why am I doing this in their mind? And what can I get out of it that is worth the pain? Because it is a pain at first, but having... Showing someone like, or someone seeing like someone from another team is, you know what, this graphic that a few kind of months ago, you would have to do in this old process. If you learn a few things or devote a bit of time a day, here's the five lines of code that you can run and you can Mm -hmm. do that. And you don't need help from, you can do it yourself. It's all contained within this. So I think that kind of spurred people, a lot of people outside kind of the data journalism team itself to take a real interest and kind of continue keep on going because there is that here's what I will produce at the end of it, that graphic. And here's and you can see the code and here's six lines of code. You can do that. Obviously they slowly learned that the tricky bit is the bits in between, which is like, how do I get my data to a stage <laughs> to put into that graphic? And then it's okay, I've done the graphic. How do I add all these layers onto it that make it yeah. sing? But yeah, still. Yeah, it really helped. Yeah, that's great. I was going to ask where folks can learn more about you. Obviously, folks can learn more about the, or see the package in action by going to the BBC website and seeing everything produced there. If they want to learn more about you and your work, where would be the places to go to do that? Yeah, I guess the stuff that the data team does, we don't have a sort of page as a kind of data team page, but yeah, if and anything to learn about the package or the cookbook we did a medium post at the time which talks about the process so if there's anything that we might not have covered here that would be useful or a bit of a deep dive into the process and the code itself it should be in that medium post as well as links to the github and the cookbook and in terms of kind of work yeah it's yeah stuff that we do will show up across the bbc website Yeah. And I know, so just if they want to also find out more about you personally, Nassos, I know your website is (laughs) nassosstilianu.com. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Twitter. Although I don't, yeah, I don't use it too much recently. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter. And I've got a link to my website and the projects I've worked on and I've detailed, yeah, what work's been done in R for each project as well. So that might be useful okay. to see from the projects. Yeah. Especially if someone who's interested in learning R, there, there is a little bit at the bottom of each section, which says what I did and then what, yeah, language. Yeah. Okay. And then Clara, it looks like yours, your website is. Um, yeah, I do. I do well, have a website as well. I've not been very good at keeping it updated, but I'll, I'll need to look into that. But yeah, it is there. Well, uh, you can see some examples of, I'm pretty sure you can, there are some links to, to, with charts that, that use the plots in there. Yeah. Great. And you can find me on Twitter as well. Okay. Also, well, I'll make sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'll include links to all those places so folks can find out more about you, the work you've done, and connect. Great. Thanks, Clara. Thanks, Nassos. I appreciate both of you spending some time with me today. Uh, And yeah, thank you. Brilliant. Thanks again for listening. I hope you found this conversation interesting. Uh, If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it. David at rfortherestofus.com. Thanks.